Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to the Half Hitch Community Podcast. This is episode three after an unusually long hiatus. Um, welcome back. If you're a first, first time listener, thanks for listening in. Today, we have Rob Swiderski from Craft Beer Market with us, and we've got some interesting stuff to talk about. Um, so, Rob, introduce yourself. You know, how'd you get going? <laughs> Uh, actually, it was a, it's, a, it's a pretty funny story. I was uh, working in the Canadian-based health and wellness industry uh, and uh, pretty successful in that arena. And my partner, now partner, actually had approached me. We had gone to school from grades three to nine together in northeast Calgary, uh, Marlboro Park, uh, thug life. Um, <laughs> and uh, he, uh, he asked me if I wanted to... Uh, get involved with him and take over the location, which was Mother Tucker's downtown Calgary, an iconic restaurant for 31 years. I was very familiar with the space and I said, as long as it's not a nightclub, I'm in. And he said, no, it's gonna be a restaurant based around craft beer. And at that point in time, I said, well, what the hell is craft beer? No idea. So we took a a week long trip down to San Diego, uh, which was the hub of uh, craft beer at the time there in Portland. And we spent a week there and I absolutely fell in love with what I saw and we got back to Calgary and we sat around a small table, uh, a very, very small boardroom and uh, they decided that it was time for me to learn as much as I could about beer. Nice. Nice. So that was back in uh, 2011 that uh, that he approached you on that? That was actually 2010. 2010. Yeah, nice. we, we opened in 2011. So we spent about a year putting things together. So. Yeah, it almost it almost reminds me a little bit of uh, our story in a way, yeah, but in a little different sense. Is where when we kind of got up and running, well, even before when we had the idea, whereas you were like, "What is this craft beer?" I was like, "How the heck do we make beer?" <laughs> yeah. I was I was pretty fortunate. PJ had been making beer when uh, since he was fourteen in the basement of his parents' house, and uh, he knew a lot about it already and he had done the research on it and just he he identified that there was a market trend happening in the states and it hadn't hit canada yet so it was it was a pretty exciting time for us to be at the forefront of that so for the craft beer side of things so you guys obviously got into to craft beer um now you guys have an absolutely insane number of taps uh, as far as trying to service uh, the craft beer what was the decision behind going for that that 100 plus uh, taps uh, out at your restaurant there you, you know what? There was just a, an opportunity to expose people to a lot of different brands and craft. Craft beer can be intimidating for a lot of people. So exposing them to many different styles of craft beer was always in the forefront. We wanted to produce what we called a non-pretentious platform for education for people. So uh, it doesn't mean that the craft beer has to be a double IPA with a big punch in the face of hops. It doesn't have to be barrel-aged uh, uh, imperial stout it can be something night nice and light and refreshing for refreshing like a blondale right so we wanted to expose people to as many different styles within the craft beer industry as possible so with craft beer market you guys seem to do uh, a lot more than just you know pushing the craft beer side of things you use your uh, business as a platform to really support a lot of uh, local charity and things like that so you know what do you guys kind of do i see you guys uh, are involved with the the St. Vincent de Paul Society. You've raised over seventy thousand uh, dollars. 
uh, since when was that 20, 2012, 2013? So it was around? actually $70,000 last year. Last year. Wow. Um, so what we've, what we wanted to do is it was very important to us when we built this, like you said, this was the, the, the craft, craft beer was kind of as, you know, we wanted to build a great restaurant. We wanted to give back to the community. We wanted to do all the things that people were talking about, all these super cool buzzwords like supporting local and, and giving back to your community. We wanted to actually not only talk the talk, but we wanted to walk the walk. So it was important for us when we were building the brand to do things that were important to us. So PJ um, was very near and dear. His mother has been part of St. Vincent de Paul for as many years as we can remember. So that was his charity that he chose. Um, for me, it was the Ronald McDonald House. I had worked with them before in some of my other businesses. Ryan Gill from Suitcase Interactive at the time uh, would bring all of us as team members to, to Ronald McDonald House to cook dinner for the people that were there. It's home for dinner. And that was something that I wanted to carry on because I felt very strongly about that. And then we did kids' cancer care. Uh, so there's there's a couple that we've kind of aligned with that, that are very important to us on the on the charity side of things. So something near and dear to us. And you guys do something interesting as well with uh, Tom's shoes uh, too. Yeah, it was it, it went right down to the the dress code that we have for our team members. First of all, we we as craft want to be a timeless cl- classic brand. So when we did our dress code, uh, the one thing I was dead against was black on black. I said, well, there's no way we're going to wear black pants with black t-shirts and it's been done to death in the industry it's time for us to do something different so when we looked at our our dress code our our pants are Levi's which we feel is a timeless classic brand as well and they did a waterless technology for their jeans that we felt hey that's something that we can get behind um, our shoes we give the the uh, team members an option of either wearing uh, Converse Chucks, which is a timeless classic brand, or Tom's, where it's the, the buy one, give one, right? So it was all things that kept playing into things we felt strongly about. So so you mentioned uh, uh, the, the Levi's with the waterless uh, processing. That actually kind of uh, works into what it, where I wanted to go next, is you guys do a lot of efforts in regards to uh, sustainability, uh, working with Bullfrog and Leaf and, and things like that. Like, What are, what are all of the, uh, the directions you guys are taking to try and be a very sustainable operation? You know, uh, uh, all our beer systems are actually run by Bullfrog Power. Uh, they're Bullfrog Powered, which was something that we thought would be kind of cool. It's not, it doesn't directly, uh, so basically what happens is the the power that we provide to them gets put onto the grid and it gets put out uh, instead of using non-renewable resources. It's a, it's a renewable energy source. Um, our building designs, um, a lot of our building designs are done. At, we're actually the, the largest LEAF and LEED certified um, restaurant in Canada. People, a lot of people don't know that, but that's something we're very proud of as a business. We do a lot of composting and recycling. Um, so it's, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of little things that happen behind the scenes, uh, that a lot of people don't know about. That's awesome. Um, so, so from your perspective, you've now been running your restaurant now since, uh, 2011, which like I said, is right around the time that we were starting to plan our, our brewery side, uh, side of our business. Um, since 2011, uh, how has the beer appetite evolved since uh, you've opened up shop? Yeah, that's great. When we, when we first opened in uh, 2011, it was my job to fill 120 taps. So uh, that in itself was a challenge. Um, we, let alone uh, supporting local breweries, I think at the time there was only about 12, 12 breweries in the province. Now we're coming up to just under 100, which is 
been great. So 2011, hard to fill 120 taps. Uh, fast forward to 2018, and we don't have enough taps to support as many local breweries as we'd like to. So it's uh, it's a challenge sometimes, but so we're trying to give everybody a little bit of love right now. But it's great because not only can we fill the taps, we can fill the taps with really awesome beer. Which, of course, is always the best part. Yeah. Uh, yeah, speaking of uh, awesome beer, um, so the last, what is it, a couple months ago was uh, when you guys started having this discussion over trying to develop an awesome beer category that really defines Canadian beer. Yeah, you know what? For me, it's been brewing in the back of uh, brewing in the back of my mind for probably the the last year and a half, two years. Is you know, it, it everyone was saying, okay, the best beer in Canada is coming out of BC or Quebec or Ontario, and I'm like, no, man, I live in Alberta, and I know that some of the best beer that I've had, and I've tried a lot of beers across Canada because we have restaurants across Canada, is coming out of Alberta. So, first of all. I wanted to do something that put Alberta breweries on the map. So I'm saying, hey, we don't need to follow the rest of the provinces. And then I got to thinking, it's like, do we really even have a beer style in Canada? Because, you know, we're following a lot of trends that come, you know, from the States, um, from Europe, from all over the world and stuff like that. And I, was, I, I got to thinking, I was like, it's time, it's time that everyone in the world started following Canada. And... And to be more specific, it's time that the rest of the provinces started following Alberta. So uh, the thought was, let's produce a Canadian beer style that started here in Alberta, and then we'll take it to the rest of Canada. And then once we have a defined style um, with proper guidelines, et cetera, then we'll take it to the rest of the world. So you brought up that uh, the proposal for doing this to be... Um basically discussed at uh, at one of your Black Friday events. Tell us a little bit about how, how this Black Friday thing started first. And then that was kind of funny that uh, we were kind of looped into that. Uh, Graham Sherman and Jim Button had a little beef going on and they weren't talking for a while. And they were like, well, it's you know what? We need to get together and figure this out. We, you know, we're in the craft brewer industry and we, we're two of the leaders in, in Calgary um, and Western Canada for, for brewing and for innovation but we're not talking because we have a beef so let's go figure this beef out they met in our restaurant and actually my partner pj was there so uh they said let's let's create a day uh, a, a friday when we can meet once every quarter all the breweries can if any breweries have beef if they have any questions if they have any challenges everyone can meet collectively as a group and we can we, we can take on these problems or deal with whatever. So it was almost like a, an open beer community day that we have every quarter at craft. And I was like, what a better, uh, there's, there's no better arena to, to, to host the Canadian, well, which well we, we, I ended up calling it the Canadian cereal after that day, but, yeah. uh, the, uh, the search for Canada's beer style. So I sent out the email and you were part of that email chain. And I said, Hey guys, I kind of gave you the background information of what I wanted to achieve. Come down with your pitch, and we're going to collectively collectively decide as a brewing community what this style should be. Yeah, I thought it was kind of neat because, uh, as you mentioned, I was on it and uh, I was uh, involved, but I'd almost give uh, full props to, to Blake uh, over at uh, Cold Garden. Uh, there because it seemed like it was it was lucky that they got up to kind of do the first presentation and we really kind of named the uh 
the the beer style category as it sits right now after their initial presentation of basically cereal ale. Yeah. Um, Blake and Dan are beauties at Cold Garden. They're <laughs> just uh, two of the most unique individuals. And I'm going to send out a public apology right now for everyone listening to Dan and Blake um, at the Alberta Brewing Awards. Um, I was supposed to honor and mention all the people that were at the first pitch ceremony. And these guys were a pivotal, pivotal beer company in this process. And I missed them on the speech. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> like Bush League. Um, so right now, I'm forever in debt to those two guys um, because they did a lot to push us forward as well as yourself and all the other breweries that participated. I think when I first sent it out, people thought I was a little bit crazy and saying, oh, what, you know, what, he's going to come up with a beer style for Canada and blah, 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 blah. You know, so all the people that participated are going to be in the history books uh, for, for beer in Canada when, when, we write the, when we write the book. Yeah, I mean, I thought I thought one of the most fascinating parts about that uh, that particular meeting is, you know, the, there's of course Cold Garden and Tool Shed and and uh, uh, Grizzly Village. Paw there and Village Grizzly, yeah. and and and, uh, and ourselves. But what we actually found was a, a common theme. Uh, everyone kind of coming into this meeting uh, had uh, had a common theme over. Um, what we wanted to see. There was a, a few outliers. I know uh, Mark's over at Toolshed. While he was still kind of on point with with what we were looking at for the base malt side of it, you know, we were talking spruce and, yeah. and things like that, which, I mean, I'd love to actually try whoever's putting together a Canadian ale that involves some spruce tips in there. Uh, but uh, but I think the the big thing was we saw a lot of, uh, a lot of talk over the resources that we grow here in Canada, not just just barley but the rye and the wheat and the oats and yeah and we we kind of had the criteria of of three things the the history crop and culture uh defined by our nation and i know the people out east are going to be screaming where's the maple syrup <laughs> um and that's fine that's going to be their interpretation of the style and if you want a good spruce uh spruce spruce beer um I believe Central City did one, and it was in the mix pack. It was pretty nice. interesting. Yeah, but um, yeah, we we wanted to define the style kind of by you know what's the history of of our country, uh, what's the crop that we're known for, and we make the best barley in the world right here in Alberta that people are buying from all over the world. Lagunitas is a huge supporter of our Alberta barley, and then uh, the the culture, like what's the culture of our uh, um, of our country. Oh, absolutely, and and it was kind of cool that we really all saw that as a, as a common theme. So when uh, when Cold Garden presented their Canadian cereal ale, yeah, um, you know, I, I was on slightly a different minds that like they wanted the uh, the uh, rye or barley, rye, wheat, and oats. Personally, I couldn't have cared less about the oats side of things, but the big thing is my my uh, the direction I wanted to take was more on well when we talk you know, Canadian stuff in alcohol, we think, you know, Canadian whiskey. Well, what's Canadian whiskey? Well, it's a rye whiskey. Yeah. You know, you, you, know, you think wheat. Well, Saskatchewan's flag has a damn bushel of wheat on it. You know? yeah. So it was like we're, we're talking some pretty pretty big cereal uh, cereal grains that uh, that become major cash crops here in Canada. So it uh, it, it seemed just too appropriate um, to, to be able to use that. And as far as the oats, I, I wasn't totally convinced we used it anyways yeah maybe not in as much of a, an amount as we did the rye and the wheat we definitely went rye and wheat heavy on our interpretation on the style but yeah uh, and and this this style is going to evolve 
you know, and, 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 and it's great because the style that you guys came up with and you're, we're drinking one right now and it's drinking really well. I think you better, better catch up. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's, for so long hops have been, you know, how do, how do we, how do we sexify malt? Like how do we make, make malt sexy? Like the hop has been for so long. And, and, and I think that's the intention of this, uh, cereal ale and that and like i said that name might change right who knows we might we, we're going to evolve this and it's going to continue to grow and grow and grow until like i said everyone in canada is on board and we push this out to the rest of the world so yeah in the hop side of things that's that's actually quite interesting and of course uh you know for for those that aren't in the know this last week we had the uh, alberta small brewers convention um just at the telus convention center in calgary and uh, I was uh, sitting in on a, a session. Of course, we had a, a lot of Alberta hop growers and, and uh, you know, the, the hop growing industry in Alberta is, is almost as new as the, the craft beer side of things. And of course, the issue with the, the hop side is it, it usually takes years before you can finally have a, a, a hop that you can cultivate here. But one, one of the things that, uh, that I was actually very stoked about is uh, um, there's this new hop variety called Sasquatch. And it's the first hop variety that's Canadian patented. Um, I didn't even know that. That's awesome. Yeah. So that, that was actually uh, announced as part of the show. We're going to try and get our hands on some and actually use it as part of the uh, part of our uh, Papa Bear Canadian ale. Because uh, you know, I figured, you know, what, what better thing to do than try and have, Absolutely. you know, Canadian grains with a Canadian hop. And if we can get them to license it to grow here in Alberta, the eventuality is Alberta grown, Alberta grown, Alberta grown. Alberta grown yeah. as much as we can. Um, and, which... and another little shameless plug here too for Terry Rock. Like the guy has done such a great job with the Alberta Brewing Awards and the Alberta beer industry. Like to put to put that together and to put together an award ceremony that he did um, definitely is changing the landscape of craft beer in Alberta. So thank you very much, Terry Rock, for being such a supporter of the ventures, right? Yeah, I... I... I can't really say it better myself. Like, you, uh, Terry, you did a fantastic job. Um, I did get your email. Let's try and have that meeting on Friday. <laughs> I'll respond back to it if you don't listen to this before the before the email. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, the, the the show was fantastic. The award ceremony was uh, fantastic, and the oh. cool thing about the award ceremony is it was actually uh, so. So I guess as part of the part of developing the the Canadian ale style is we wanted to be able to use the Alberta Beer Awards as kind of the the launch pad um, for really introducing people to to this this new category yeah wait a minute i'm congratulating everyone else except for you the gold medal winner in the cereal ale category so congratulations well, thanks. Uh, man it was a it was a pleasure to be able to uh, introduce that award and to to give a guy like you that's been so involved in the whole process of creating this style too um i know your your picture is going to be in the book uh your your signature is on the actual uh, the cold garden tasting card that yep, we all yep. signed. Um, that'll probably memorabilia right there. That'll go into a beer museum somewhere in Canada one day, uh, framed uh, with your signature on it. And it was just, uh, like I said, this this beer that you've created is just just a, such a great example of uh, great Alberta beer. Well, thanks. No, I definitely uh, appreciate that because one of the, one of the things that uh, that I really liked with trying to produce this particular beer is. Uh, you know, not only was it, you know, a gold medal winning beer in the category, but uh, but of all the beers that we entered, it was actually the only one that we won an award with. And and uh, it actually meant more to me 
to win this award than it would have been for any of our other beers for any number of reasons because uh you know a it was it was a true team effort uh on our part um you know myself being involved with with uh, you and the development of the style guidelines um that was a huge component uh, in actually making you know getting us to the point of wanting to actually brew it and then of course my head brewer kyle developed the recipe um, you know, I work with him to kind of fine tune on th- uh, fine tune things with the recipe. But for the most part, uh, the uh, the development of the recipe, the management of the fermentation, and, and exactly how it was going to go down was all on his uh, his part. And then uh, when whoa, we whoa, 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 wait a minute, you told me that was all you. <laughs> did I? Did I? No, <laughs> I didn't say no. that. <laughs> I'm just joking. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, so when your grandkids are selling uh, half hitch beer all around the world, they can say my grandfather actually created the first canadian uh beer style the, the, he was a gold medal winner in it so well exactly but uh but the other thing that really makes this mean a lot to us is the fact that we we call it papa bear now you know for yeah. people that work uh work in the restaurant uh, here um you know my dad gets along with everybody and uh he is colloquially known to our restaurant staff as papa bear and uh, so we wanted to try and make this the, the first beer where we kind of tied in uh, the concept of, uh, of what my dad is as a, as a person to, to the storyline is kind of the, the, the beloved grandfather uh, of this crazy family that's now having to go through this shotgun wedding and having all these other weird things going on. But, uh, but the Papa Bear ends up being the guy that kind of ties ties things together that gets involved in the community and as uh, as a result of wanting to try and uh, try and use the papa bear name and pay homage to you know my own father is uh we also wanted to use it as a stepping stone for supporting community as well so uh so any any uh, any of the papa bear beer that we sell as a papa bear branded product proceeds are going to a different charity uh, every month and uh, and a lot of the times uh, we're going to be focusing on uh, local Cochrane uh, charities and uh, not-for-profits as well. Man, when you first told me that story, um, I could see that the story around your father meant more than the award itself. Being able to honor your father in a way with a beer uh, like that meant to you more, but to be able to win a gold medal in honoring your father like that was just awesome. And so, so congratulations. That's no, it, was, it was fantastic. Uh, I mean, I think, I think of all the awards that, that were won, it's like, uh, I probably made more noise than most of the other, <laughs> other people that were winning awards. Well, when, you should have. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Uh, on the celebration, but, uh, but no, I definitely, uh, definitely appreciate, uh, you, uh, you know, kind of, kind of spearheading the development uh, for this category, and uh, and like I said, it was a huge team effort on our part, and uh, you know, we're definitely uh, super, super happy uh, that we've had a chance to to partake in what could potentially be considered uh, uh, historical. Um, Absolutely. Given that uh, you have a few other plans that you're trying to do to to move this ahead. Yeah, this is this is not going to stop here. We've I've been talking to a number of organizations that are uh, national campaigns, uh, gold medal pints, uh, which is part of the gold medal plates program that happens across Canada. It had started out as a culinary and wine kind of uh, event. Has has adopted beer now too. Uh, so great craft beer across Canada will be awarded in this event. Uh, Alberta beer festivals. 
I'm talking to about essentially when I push this out to the restaurants in that we have in Ontario and in, in BC, we're going to start making some more noise. You know, we're going to base it on your style. We're going to say, hey, this is kind of what the criteria is right now. Let's see your interpretation of the style. Who knows where we're going to go from here, right? No, oh, exactly. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of opportunity moving forward. And I think, um, yeah, kind of the uh, the gold medal in trying to make this happen would be to actually be included as part of the BJCP. So what what kind of pathway do you see uh, to get to that point? Because I think we have to make a lot of noise in Canada first. So I think we've got a lot of territory to cover uh, right here in our own country. And we've got to get everybody behind us as a nation. And when enough people start making enough noise, everybody starts to listen. So uh, there's no reason why the Alberta Brewers, uh, the uh, American Brewers Association doesn't take a look at this. And they don't go, hey, we need to include this as uh, a new style. There's so many styles that are being written. You know, you think of from the 2015 uh a BJCP style guidelines to 2018, like the the amount of new beers that have been added, and the types of things that people are, you know, yeah, that was a crazy huge addition they had for the latest ones. Yeah, I'm glad that I wrote my Cicerone exam before we introduced <laughs> the new BJCP style guidelines, because I would have been doing another two weeks of studying. Um, but that's that's the focus is to is to get it into the BJCP style guidelines, and like I said, press this to the rest of the world and let everybody else make their own interpretation of the style. Like, you know, it's it's like the Americans have done with the IPA. They take, they've taken the IPA and they've made it their own by doing something really crazy and it's Americanizing it by adding a ton of hops, right? <laughs> so um, what are they gonna do with our style? What's what are, what's the UK gonna do? What's Belgium gonna do with our style? Like, it's, it's, it's an exciting time. Yeah, no, I look forward to it. Um, yeah, getting, uh, getting close to the end here. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to add at all that we haven't discussed so far? You know what, I just wanted to thank you and all the other breweries, like I said once again, for uh, believing in the vision, coming and and taking time out of your busy schedules. I know you guys are trying to bid, build businesses and your breweries are at capacity here in Alberta. And taking the time to come down to the Black Friday, do the pitch first of all, then brew on your on your systems, the your your interpretations of the style, and then being involved in this whole process has just been uh, great. And I really appreciate uh, everybody jumping on board with this. So we're going to make history here, and it's this is this has been just super super fun for me. Nice. Well, I appreciate you coming out here. It's a little bit of a trek from uh, from Calgary to Cog. Maybe not not a little. I guess it depends because uh, you know if you live in North Calgary and work yeah. in South Calgary, it's not that much different. And you but. have beer out here. I'd make that trip all day long. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thanks for coming out, and uh, everybody else. Thanks for tuning in to episode three of the Half Hitch Community Podcast. I'm hoping to bring this show back to a more consistent release, as there's lots happening in the community and lots of things we've been involved in worth chatting about. A very special thank you to Rob Sudersky for making the trek out to the brewery to join our show today check out craftbeermarket.ca for more information about their restaurant or check them out uh, in uh, Beltline Calgary just on 10th Ave Southwest just off 4th Street uh, or their new Calgary location in South Centre follow us on Facebook for the most up-to-date info on what we're up to don't forget to follow us on Twitter Instagram and YouTube and check out our weekly vlogs to learn why we don't let Kyle touch wires anymore (laughs) thanks for joining us this week until next time stay classy Cochrane.